When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live. Hey everyone, we are Millennial Money on a brand new channel here to talk about everything related to Millennial Money. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is so cool. Oh wait, there it is. Just loaded for me. Yeah, nice. I was just doing it as well. This is it amazing. only took us three years to finally do this. <laughs> I know. It's this so is funny. So fun. It's this so funny because people think of like rivals. Right? But we've known each other for a while now, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, how did this all come together? I think it was Vegas, right? Like us uh, just catching up in Vegas, and then Graham and I going on a trip to Vegas. What? Jeremy's house. Jeremy's house. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. I met you guys when I had, like, uh, must have been, like, 100,000 subscribers. And you guys were already, like, in the million mark. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. And Jeremy, yeah, you invited me on Instagram. This was like yeah. three years ago. He's like, dude, I saw your YouTube. It's popping. It's pretty cool. Like, you want to come down to my house? And then I met everybody, Nate O'Brien, you guys. That was so cool. Yeah, I always like to keep an eye out for talent. And like, I saw your channel and you were just so different. And with the magic and everything, I was like, oh, this guy's, he's going to blow up. I just know it. I'm like, I got to, we got to get together with him. And, and that yeah. That was so man. cool, yeah. Yeah, thumbnails thumbnails and videos. Your editing was incredible. I remember watching your channel and being like, wow, I got to step up the editing because yours is so good. I'm like, if I need to stand out in this space and continue doing well, I got to up the editing. Yeah, and it's crazy because people think we're like competitors, but this space is so big. It's just like, it's there's so much room for everybody and we all work together. So this is so cool to be able to do this. And I don't even know what our format is. Like, we don't even know what the topics we're going to talk about. But if you guys have anything for us, let us know. We kind of have a general format, but what do we want to start it off with? We got Robin Hood in Congress tomorrow with <laughs> Dean's <laughs> effing value. <laughs> AKA. And this is what he needs right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, insane. Is he, is he confirmed to be there tomorrow? Is he any is, of this going to yeah. be recorded? Oh yeah, it's all gonna be live. So all of the events gonna be live tomorrow. It starts at 9 a.m. East, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, basically you've got debuffing value, the guy from uh, in Wall Street Bets essentially who posted the bullish theses on GameStop. He's the guy who also has a YouTube channel, Roaring Kitty. He's going to be testifying basically probably at the same table six feet apart with the ceo of robin hood melvin capital's founder is going to be there you've got citadel's going to be there 
and they're just going to get grilled by Congress. We've never seen Deep F and Value and Vlad in the same room, so there may be one less person than we think. Oh. <laughs> Imagine Dude. if Vlad shows up with the picture. Dude. <laughs> and they just swap places. For anybody who's not familiar with this story, it's like Vlad, the CEO of Robinhood, and this guy Deep F and Value, who was like one of the big Reddit Wall Street bets guys, they look like doppelgangers. Like they look like twins. Yeah, I'm gonna pull I, it up. I've got a picture here somewhere. Of it. It's <laughs> too perfect. Uh, it, it, you just need Vlad to leave the room and come back with a little headband on. And yeah. <laughs> oh man, the, the resemblance is uncanny. I mean, it's really just like it's the same person. Let's be real. If they were so, split apart. I would believe it. So Jeremy, I think you didn't talk to Vlad, right? Like you were the only, I think you haven't mentioned, you haven't talked to Robin Hood at all. Yeah, but, I haven't talked to Robin Hood at all, no. So what, we've what, talked to this guy and he was super cool. And I don't know, do we differ in opinion as far as like what we think happened? I feel like we're all pretty much on the same page as far as, you know. There's a uh, bit of a suspicion of why they raised the limits like that last minute. There's a bit of right. a, I get the reason why, but right. it, it, I, I, I believe it, but there's a bit of a suspicion of, of at what point was that excessive? And also for some reason this, and I'm an idiot for not mentioning this to him, but one of the questions I had was, how is it that Melvin or, or, or Citadel, the guy for Citadel and Citadel Securities, that's the same CEO. Oh my God, I just saw this. <laughs> so, so Citadel Securities and the Citadel CEO, they're the same person. And yet those two companies are not supposed to talk to each other. So how does that work? When you literally have one guy that's running both of those corporations and yet the SEC prohibits them from speaking to one another, how, how are you supposed to prevent me from talking to me? I don't understand. <laughs> It's a disaster, man. It's, it's, you know, they're all in bed with each other. Like, I believe that maybe Robin Hood, not as much. I think right. they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think but so come too. On. This, this Citadel Melvin crap, they, they know what they're doing, man. They, they, how are we going to squash this? How do we put an end to this as soon as possible? Uh, oh. You know, like, I mean, I think everybody was looking at it like, okay, there's a really good chance. GameStop's not going to stay at 400 forever, right? Uh, right? But, you know, they're looking at it from this point of view of we got to make the bleeding stop ASAP. Otherwise, this uh, multi-billion dollar investment we just made is also going down the toilet, you know? <laughs> I really liked your video that you released today about going through that letter that Melvin put out about how the guy's like humanizing himself and he's like, you know, I was born and, and you know, I have a family and it's just like, yeah, you're not relatable. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you see no. him try to suggest that cyber bullying was the reason that- Oh, that was ridiculous, yeah. Wait, explain you know, this. I've been out of the internet today. I've been editing. So what's going on? So basically Melvin Capital released this, this uh, letter. I've actually got it uh, right here. I'll pull up the section really quick. This is crazy. So this is a letter from the CEO of Melvin. And uh, let's see here. If I jump on over here, it's a little small. So I'll try to make this a little bigger here. Uh, okay. But I don't know how. Oh, wait. I'll just do. I, we got to figure out the buttons while we do this. There we go. Okay. So look nice. at this. All right. Uh, so this is his basically letter, and this is going to be his testimony tomorrow. And what he says 
is I also want to, this is one part here. Where's I don't know where the druid, he, he makes the slander comment, but uh, hold on, let me find it really quick. Because that it's particularly that cyberbullying part. Oh, there it is on the second part. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 here. In January 2021, a group on Reddit began to make posts about Melvin's specific investments. They took information uh, contained in Melvin's SEC filings and encouraged others to trade in the opposite direction. Many of these posts were laced with anti-Semitic slurs directed at me and others. The post said things like, it's very clear we need a second Holocaust. The Jews can't keep getting away with this. Others sent similarly profane and racist text messages. So really, you've got this, the Melvin Capital CEO trying to almost turn around what's what's happening here onto saying like oh he, he's the victim over at Melvin right. for, for their right. failed short yeah it's unfortunate <clears throat> yeah I was gonna say I think it's interesting because I, I noticed a lot of um, individuals that like don't build a personal brand don't have a connection with an audience or anything like that I just noticed like they run into a lot of trouble like this guy you never hear of him you hear he might be rich and then all of a sudden you're like oh you know attack, attack, attack. It's like, if you notice the difference between like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, right? Elon Musk has like cultivated a diehard audience and has a lot of like people that it's almost like a cult like following. And so Elon Musk can almost do anything and people kind of have his back. Bezos on the other hand, hasn't focused on his personal brand at all, right? And right. anytime Bezos does anything, he is attacked immediately. Same thing with Bill Gates and some of the others that are up there, right? So it, it's an interesting time we're going through. The ones that have really strong personal brands, they don't get it. Even if they make a mistake, people have their back. Um, if you don't, you know, you, you're you're open for a lot of attack. That's true. Elon can say anything he wants on Twitter and get away with it at this point. And people yeah. love it. Anything he says, people should start retweeting it. They love it. They're a fan of it. It, it makes sense. And it's easy to see like a billionaire, like Melvin Capital, is being bad, like a bad guy. And then you're the good guy on the other side just trying to make a – Make some money but speaking and, of elon i feel like crypto is no longer proof of work it's like proof of elon now <laughs> oh my god when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like you said, or like Elon said, it was inevitable. What do you think? <laughs> was it was it Bitcoin? The investment into Bitcoin was it Dogecoin? What what was it? It could. It could be I don't anything. know. I, I mentioned that on my videos. I said something like that. Uh, it's it's like whenever he put anything crypto related on his Twitter, it triggered short squeezes of Bitcoin to the tune of one point two billion dollars. And it's like, it's almost like it was always Wall Street against Elon. It was always the short sellers versus Elon. And it seems like anytime he does this kind of stuff, it's not so much of a publicity stunt. It's almost like he knows how much influence his words have. 
And yeah. so he could trigger so many of these short squeezes and make so much money and front run everything that he says and invest ahead of time before he does it, knowing how much he's going to hurt the people that hate him so much. And so it's like, in retrospect, maybe it's inevitable that by going against him, you're going to lose money. So, I mean, that's another, I don't know if I'm looking way too, like reading way too much between the lines, but. I don't know if he puts that much thought into it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just tweeting whatever comes to mind. That makes no sense at all. And oh, he's a, he's a huge it. internet troll for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Can you even yeah. short crypto right now or? Um, You can, I believe. I, I've never shorted it myself, but you okay. can. Yeah. Because if not, like. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the next big invention, like somehow inverse, like betting against, uh, you know, different cryptos out there. Right. Well, we got Wall Street bets to come to the rescue. So. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to figure it out. Well, that'll be interesting because then it could open up the options market too, in theory, and you get all these derivatives that could come out. But I actually kind of have to agree with what you're saying, uh, Andre. I mean, Elon's been going on this sort of crypto push heavy since sure. January, and they invested probably right at the beginning of January, definitely in January, yeah. pretty early in January. Well, well, so. you can tell when it wasn't because he had that interaction with Michael Saylor on Twitter, um, yeah. and he's another billionaire. So he's like, "Hey, hypothetically, how do I buy a billion dollars? Is that even possible?" <laughs> and Michael Saylor responds to him like, "Yeah, it's possible. I did it." Uh, you know, <laughs> let me show you how I did it. <laughs> so if you followed that conversation, the writing was on the wall. And I, I think you're right. I think it was in January. I mean, that was like one of the biggest tales. Dude, so can you have notifications turned on for Elon's tweets, basically? <laughs> Say again? We got we to gotta have notifications turned on for Elon's tweets. I, I do. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if there were call options on like Bitcoin or Ethereum? Can you imagine the options market for cryptos would be crazy? Yeah, that would be insane. I mean, a lot of the financial institutions think that they're going to be able to tame Bitcoin by integrating it in traditional finance, but I don't know if I'm smart enough to be able to like vocalize exactly how. But by integrating it into like the standard financial system, it exposes it to all these derivatives and all these complex financial instruments that I like. I don't even know how that stuff works, like the inside mm -hmm. of that, that they think that they can somewhat control the price and, and keep it at bay. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's going to make it so much more volatile. You start throwing. No, no it's going to make it way more stable because all this money is going to enter the space. And now it's like. Just like it's yeah, it's but but it's gonna have less volatility, but also less upside. Mm -hmm. I got it. Here we go. Oh, you found it. Yeah. So, if you want to do your shareholders a favor, so Elon tweets Bitcoin on on this woman's bum, <laughs> 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 and then if you and this is a uh, December twentieth. If you want to do your shareholders a one hundred billion dollar favor, convert the Tesla balance sheet from USD to BTC Bitcoin. Other firms on the S and P five hundred would follow your lead, and in time, it would grow to become a one trillion dollar favor. Elon Musk. Shortly thereafter, are such large transactions even possible? Reply: Yes, I have purchased over one point three billion in Bitcoin in the past few months, and would be happy to share my playbook with you offline from one rocket scientist to another. Oh. I mean, that was December last year. <laughs> yeah. 
So like, yeah, it was super obvious that something would happen. That's crazy. Uh, Andre, you know, what's up? Hey, I know you follow cryptos heavy, you know, back in the day, you know, several years ago, it was like, there was a lot of talk about like manipulation, maybe in Bitcoin price and other cryptos. Like, do you see that as being still a thing nowadays? Um, what's your perspective on like manipulation in the crypto market? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that um, as we move forward so like now that Elon's entered, and I do think that this year we'll maybe see one or two more companies enter. Um, and actually put it on their balance sheet. Like we had Apple announce it and we had MasterCard, but they didn't really like get into Bitcoin. They just integrated it. They didn't put it on their balance sheet. But I do think companies will put it on their balance sheet. And once we have uh, over a trillion dollar market cap and like higher than that, I think the price is going to be a lot harder to manipulate. So the 90% drops that we're used to seeing, I don't think that we'll see them as much. I, I, I'm not saying it's it's not possible. It's, you know, it's impossible and that won't happen, but... If we do retract, it will probably drop to like 25, 30,000 range. And that would be like Bitcoin crashed. And I don't know if you guys have like seen that funny like meme where it's like this dude, he's just like, you don't want to buy Bitcoin because it always crashes. Look. And then he like shows this oh, price yeah. graph of it going up. He's like, this one time Bitcoin went to $100 and then it crashed back down to 20. And then this other time it went back to $1,000 and then it crashed to $300. And it just keeps doing that upwards. So like that's what we're going to keep going keep doing, but not like 90% crashes like before, I don't think. Graham, I want to hear your Bitcoin uh, position. You've you've recently started increasing a little bit. T tell us. Yeah, so I bought more. See, the thing is, I've been buying <laughs> so often that I, I, I basically have forgotten over the last like week and a half. I bought a little bit more. I think it was in the when it dipped down in the I think it was a low 40s. And then earlier today, I bought in I think it was like 48 ish. And I'm just throwing like five grand at a time, just, you know, every now and then. Yeah, it was on Monday because the stock market was closed. And I'm like, I want to buy something. So it was Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, the way you said it is so casual. Throw five grand as five. you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also bought a little more Ethereum. I, I think it was also about five or six grand, uh, a three, three Ethereum. At so how many Ethereums do you have so far? 35 ish. 35? Okay, so about yeah. 70 grand. Yeah. Okay. Is there a limit on the amount of Ethereum that will ever be mined or no? No, there's no limit, but somebody I I, I should do more research about Ethereum, but from okay. what I understand, they're gonna introduce burning, like burning to it. So they're they're gonna start burning it through somehow. Like I don't I don't know the exact process of it. I have to do more research. But that like doesn't sound you know, good. No, it's good. It's it's yeah. it's going to be more deflationary, right? So, but who's somebody gets burned when things burn? <laughs> it's like you know what? It's like Chanel going and burning the handbags they don't sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Why? What, if you're a Chanel hodler, you're gonna you know make some money. Back <laughs> market. <laughs> so somebody asked a really good question. What's like your guys's number one stock conviction? Jeremy, you're the best person. Uh oh, I was gonna say let's start with Kevin and make our way around, but okay. Uh, number one stock conviction. Oh, that's so hard in the entire stock market. Yeah, uh, like you. Okay, so let's say you had somebody was like, "All right, Jeremy, you have a thousand dollars. Like, have one stock to put that money into. What do you do?" Uh oh, shoot. You know where I'm probably going with this. Planet Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Wow. Yeah. It's not Tesla. Probably. 
no, probably not Tesla, although I love Tesla. Uh, probably probably the planet long term. But the safest stock I feel like right now is Walgreens, WBA, um, risk reward standpoint. But yeah, the planet just has such a long term. So, mm -hmm. so. Okay. Wow. Uh, what, so about you? what about you guys? I like Google. I think obviously, obviously run YouTube now, but that's the one stock where I feel like if you're just going to buy it and hold on to it for 10 or 20 years, yeah. I like it a lot. If we're not talking index funds here, if we're talking like you got to get a specific stock, I love Google. I'm a huge fan. Well, what would you pick on index fund or Google if you had, could pick one or the other? Uh, probably the index fund because Google's within it. So like you're getting a percentage of Google within the index fund, just the S&P 500. That's fair. Best and of then, What's yours, Kevin? CCIV. SMB. I saw your video on that. Uh, it was this morning. Was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't yesterday where you were up like 700,000. Yeah. Yesterday? Yeah. It's what? Uh, I, I wouldn't choose uh, CCIV as if I could only pick one stock because there is that downside risk. Uh, like right. if I could only pick one thing, it's a boring answer, but it, it has to be Tesla because it has the mix of uh, growth, not as much as if it were still, you know, a tenth the size, obviously, right. uh, but it still has it's it, to me, it hasn't blossomed into the Amazon, Apple, Google yet but it has the safety of those mm. uh, certainly for the next two decades. So it'd have to be that, you know, obviously like the CCIV, that's been wonderful. Uh, you know, but uh, the EV hype, you almost, it's just so many of these EVs go flying and there's some of them that, that, that don't like the SPACs, uh, the commercial vehicle SPACs, some of them, they just, they, they get announced and they sit flat forever. Right. But, uh, yeah. The fact that we don't really have a Tesla competitor yet, uh, like a standalone competitor, you know, you go to China, you got Neo and X Bank, but yeah, CCIV was was certainly a, a you know, is, is, is a good alternative. <laughs> Are you worried about valuations right now in EVs? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this too. But uh, yeah, valuations on EVs are pulling forward a lot, right? You're pricing already in the tax credits that are coming. The fact that we're converting to all electric, it's just going to be a game of market share in terms of who's going to get uh, the, the biggest pie, basically, slice of the pie. And uh, the earnings will get justified. But yeah, the more these prices run, the more you have to go out in years. And that's when it becomes riskier. It used to be I could look at Tesla and go, oh, this makes sense 18 months from now. Now to make sense of Tesla's price, you have to go, you know, four or five years out. And so it, it becomes the more you stretch out, the more risk you, you do take on. Right. Hey, That's interesting. Before before we get Andre, we still need your stock pick, but uh, it was interesting. I was on I was in like a Tesla chat room last night on Clubhouse and um, I, I felt like I was a Tesla bear in there. Like I kept having to talk down tesla to like these you know tesla super like bullish people and i'm like holy smokes man i i freaking sound like i'm a short seller right now because they're just <laughs> so incredibly bullish on tesla's going to five trillion and they're going to dominate you know, all the world. Like, remember when we used to we made a few videos together about it and i even back then i was skeptical i was like i feel like tesla got away from me and it was like 400 dollars at the time before all the splits and i was like dude I, man i was I really wanted to, to buy some, but I never did. Now, my favorite stock, though, is, is is Apple, hands down. That's like that's my number one. I, I you can't go wrong. With that. The bomb that dropped 
today with Sandy Monroe. Dude, I know. I saw that. So I really think that's around the corner. So we're going to get an EV from Apple. I don't know when, but definitely sometime in the I next five years. I see that happening. I think Apple is going to do an EV, and I'd like Google to do an EV. Yeah. I yeah, it'll be like that flip up in case anybody hasn't seen it. The uh, basically, he's I, an engineer, you. right? He's the same dude that talked to Elon about. Yes. Yeah, that video went viral. It's true. He's got like uh, what? Uh, I think that video is almost two million views or something like that. Yeah. Who who is he? I know he's an engineer, but I, I'm not familiar with him. So basically, what what he does is he does consulting uh, for companies who want to manufacture vehicles or planes better, what materials to use, how to ramp their production, uh, you know, how to do things more efficiently, how to save money in production. Basically, think about it this way. If you're going to produce 50,000 cars, you invest the money to know how to do car number one perfectly. So when you put it on the factory line, you're copy and pasting with the most efficiency possible. And, and you hire multiple of these consultants. And mm. Uh, I mean, here I'll, I'll play the clip. I think I think this is should be right at the at the correct time. Let's uh, let's give this a quick listen here. Out there and starve to death. They'll never understand the luxury car market or pickup trucks. Well, that was a prediction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good job. Hold on. Uh, does Apple have a chance? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I love the math. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about that. So there we are. Next. <laughs> wow. you, know, you know he's contractually obligated not to say it. He's under NDA right there. He's like, uh, I wasn't at their factory a week ago. <laughs> like as soon as you ask them the question, you pause it, play it at half speed, and then <laughs> back to normal. Uh, the sound effect. <laughs> That's so, what's yeah. to get together. That, that's incredibly, I feel like, bullish news for Tesla if, if Apple's really legit trying to get in the game. Because if Apple's going to try to put in all that, that work, there has to be something ridiculously big there. And then right. here's another thing. And this was what I was thinking because then, uh, you know, I talked to all those guys about Tesla last night and they're all like ridiculously bullish. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe the market knows some things that we don't know, right? And like, you know, I know some people at Tesla and I, I never want to get into specifics on what they're working on and things like that, but they tell me they have a lot, you know, coming, let's just put it that way over the next couple of years. And I'm like, if stuff like that could leak to me, just like a little guy, right? Like stuff has to be leaking to Kathy Wood and some of these other individuals uh, in big on, yeah. on, and so, maybe there are products and services coming down the pipe for Tesla that we aren't even thinking about right now. And, you know, the big funds know it. And so they're buying and buying and buying because they're like, hmm, there's a lot bigger stuff coming than what's actually out there right now for us to see. That's super true. Yeah. I do think that happens a lot. Would that be considered illegal? That would be illegal, right? To share that info or is that not? Like, to what extent? It is. I, I tried it ever to go there just in case, but um, I mean, it's usually the, the most illegal thing is when you know specific numbers. Like if you know like quarterly data is leaked to you on financials and then you trade based upon that, that's illegal. Leaking of a potential product or service in the future, right. not really right. because because it can get around to a lot of different companies because a lot of these companies work on different projects and different right. things. Um, 
And so sometimes it can just, uh, it can leak out there. And I feel like at Tesla, things leak very easily. I feel like Apple's much more sealed up, but a company like Tesla, I feel like it's gotta just leak, leak, leak all over the place, so. I, I gotta ask you guys, I, I wanna hear from each of you. What do y'all think, because Sandy Monroe brought this up too. He, he almost, and, and we had a limited amount of time, so I couldn't ask you all the questions I wanted to, but he spent some, a, lot, a good chunk of the time talking about these the eVTOLs, right? The electric vertical takeoff and landing. They don't like calling them drones, but basically think of a drone with the propellers and you ride around in them, right? So in, in, instead of cars, these things. And he seemed to think that robo-taxis are almost like a transitionary moment in in the future of transportation that we'll have robo taxis the self-driving cars and all that but that'll actually be old news quickly as it even goes mainstream and people are going to shift into these uh, evtols or whatever uh and kind of imply that tesla's probably already working on one what do you guys think about these Huh, that's cool. I don't even know from a regulatory standpoint, like technology wise, I guess that's something Elon would probably do. But like, from a regulatory standpoint, flying cars kind of like, is that what we're talking about? Sort of? EV tolls, not a flying car. Yeah, it's like EV tolls? A big, a big drone that carries humans around essentially. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to see it. <laughs> I, would, I would be that such would be a fan of that, but... Yeah, I can't see that being a safe thing to do anytime soon. Yeah, that's Ooh, like from years 10, from now. 20 years out, 10, 20 right. years. Um, but having said that, I do think that with things like maybe Ethereum or maybe cryptos like, and again, this is not like a buy signal, but like IOTA, which is like the Internet of Things crypto, which is like machine to machine payments. I don't know if you guys are like familiar with those. That's going to be so. Oh, OK, there it is. That's cool. Yeah, so it is kind of like a flying car, but not, like I don't know. Imagine, hey, imagine guys just getting in that, and we just show up at like the Bellagio fountains in one of those, just like land. Yeah, we're gonna be the guys that like. Well, back in my day, we used to drive the cases. <laughs> I would never get into one of those, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. drive themselves like you would just get in it type in your gps destination and it will just whiz off and they'll all yeah. communicate with each other so i have a feeling actually at one point those would be safer than self-driving cars they will all communicate with each other they're all going to be on one network they'll know when they get too close to one another i think that would be safer it's actually a good point i mean that's another thing sandy was talking about he's like look with self-driving cars you're two feet away from other cars right imagine when you have a third dimension and you're you know a thousand feet apart from other flying vehicles. i mean i'm not an engineer but like even now though airplanes crash into each other i mean it's a very rare occurrence but airplanes are not that common and they, they still have issues with what like directing these flights and they have mix-ups and they have all these different things that happen so I don't know. Like we haven't even solved it on an airline industry basis, let alone on these drones when you're going to have thousands more than, than airplanes in the sky. So I don't know how that would all play in together. I've seen what's happened with drone tech in general um, just in the past like 10 years. And it's sick. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have some of the DJI drones, right? Like those are ridiculous. And obviously those aren't carrying humans in them yet. Right. But like how the, like how well those things can fly 
even in like, let's say windy conditions and how they know like, oh, I have to correct myself. Like that, that technology is sick and that type of stuff could be applied, I think to this market long-term. It's just obviously you have to make them a lot stronger and, and even safer because you're actually carrying humans. But I'm like, like when I watch that technology, I'm like, it's artificial intelligence, just like high level flying. It's, it's incredible. Sure. You know, could be a good comparison because I, the concern is so valid, Andre, but consider a comparison here on, on the ground. Take a, take a look at this. So this is a, the Amazon robots. It's kind of worth these guys. You know, I mean, they're going super slow, but these guys, they don't crash into each other. They're all automated. Uh, and I mean, this place, it looks like a disaster, but... <laughs> It works. I mean, look how close those guys, they're like inches from each other. That's freaking nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you know, um, like, and this is, this is like probably five-year-old technology at this point. And I wonder what that right. is, you know, this. Uh, right. Well, you know, speaking of AI though, like, do, are there any stocks out there in the stock market that even are like, I mean, besides maybe Boston Dynamics, but that's like, like, is there anything out there that's robotics or AI based that's like at the cutting edge of that stuff? Are you guys familiar with any? I'm not. I'm yeah, not either. I mean, it's funny. Like, there's there aren't that many like direct companies in industries that are like big, but like all the big tech are all working on AI things and are already using AI and a lot of different things like in our lives that we don't even realize it. Like Amazon Web Services, right? Uh, Facebook, like Google, like all these all these big companies are actually using it. It's just people don't realize it. Nvidia is probably the closest thing to a direct investment on artificial intelligence and some of those things. Obviously, right. Tesla. Well, Tesla, it's there's, there's oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to no, say Tesla. Gonna... No, go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so So, is, is Boston Dynamics still owned by, I forget that bank. It's a Japanese bank. Um, you guys familiar with what I'm talking about? I, I thought or, Boston Dynamics got sold to Google, no? Oh, Maybe you're I'm right. Sure. It did, it did, it did, it did. It did. It did. Okay. I was originally thinking of something else. Yeah, they were owned by by a by a bank. I forget the bank name though. But yeah, so yeah, so I mean, Boston and I don't know. Like, is there anybody working on like the singularity though? Like, I mean, probably Google. I guess you're right. Like, just probably they have so much data on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jeremy, aren't you into iRobot? Thank, thank you, yeah. SoftBank. Yeah, I used to be an iRobot, but not anymore. And yeah, I mean, as far as their robots go, you know, I mean, they pretty much just make uh, cleaning ones nowadays. They used to have a different department that made like uh, robots for like warfare and things like that. And they could like go like take apart a bomb and do all types of cool stuff. But uh, yeah, nowadays they just pretty much, you know, it's what makes money and, and Roombas make money. So they pretty much just focus on that now. But they actually have a new product coming out that mows your lawn. So if you got a big lawn. like that, Jeremy. Bitcoin. Are, are you in it? Are you in crypto? Only in MSTR, <laughs> which owns a bunch of Bitcoin, but not directly invested in actual Bitcoin. Why? Well, I already like have some exposure there. So, but I know, and Graham's always trying to talk me into buying Bitcoin and I, I probably will at some point in time. I don't know. I'm just going to let it go to like a million a coin and then I'm going to go all in and we'll see what happens. Jeremy, just like you were trying to convince me to move to Vegas and I finally did. I've been trying to <laughs> You just buy some actual Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. Like on Robinhood. <laughs> what, what, 
my question is what what triggered uh, like Graham at least what what made you finally start to like see it for what it is like was there any event that happened that you were like oh well like now I get it more was there any like catalyst that made you like, more yeah. accept once once it hit 20k again I started looking into it really I mean it, it hit twice and uh, I started looking into it more and the honest okay. answer is the more I researched it the more I became a fan of it. And I think in the past, I was uh, researching it at the peak of the bubble phase. And like everything about it going from a thousand to really 20,000 was just this mania of making as much money as possible. And so anytime I really tr was trying to dig deeper and research it, a lot of it was just hype, 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 hype. And I couldn't distinguish between what was hype and what was like fundamental value of it. So as it was going up, I had fun buying and trading it between like the sixteen and eighteen thousand dollar range. Bought into it, sold it really quick. It was fun, but when it crashed back down, it was like, all right, now it kind of makes now it's stabilizing again. And uh, my biggest regret, it, it was at thirty three hundred. I was like, okay, when it hits three, then I'm gonna buy like five of them, and it never hit three. Right. So once it hit twenty again, I started looking into it, and the more I looked into it, objectively. Mm -hmm without all like the craziness around it, because really from like nine to 20, it was so silent. Like really no one was talking about it, but it was creeping up in price. So you haven't released our, our podcast that we did yet, right? No. Okay, cool. Yeah, that we talked a lot about crypto there, but I actually wanted to ask Kevin, what, what, what was your kind of moment where you were like, I, I need to get in on this? Yeah, it's uh, it started as a joke. It was uh, on, January 5th, the total joke, it was the, uh, it was live stream. It was like a 10 hour live stream on, uh, the Georgia election, the needles. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why, but a conversation broke out about crypto and, uh, I'm like, Oh, I should just buy some. And I had money in Robinhood, and I'm like margin, no problem. Boom. Swipe up. And I, I just bought three Bitcoin. It, it, it really, it started as, as a total joke. And then there were, you know, joking about how I did it on Robin Hood and so on. It was just so accessible at that moment. And uh, then I'm like, oh, damn, now I got a hundred grand in Bitcoin. I should probably understand what I just got myself into. <laughs> uh, and, and then I really yeah, converged yeah. with what Graham said. And, and really it's, it, and this is actually, it's one of my theses for, for Bitcoin is that a lot of people, I think, are going to refuse to get educated on Bitcoin until cryptocurrency and blockchain gets shoved down their throat. When they go yeah. to the bank in, in five or ten years, maybe five, probably sooner, even, and when they go to the bank and they said, okay, do you want to open a blockchain-based bank account or do you want to open a USD-based bank account? People are going to go, what the F did you just ask me? Well, let me bottom line it for you. You can put your cash into this stable coin, like a JP Morgan stable coin, and we'll pay you 2% interest. Or right. you can put your money into the USD-based account, and we'll pay you no interest. And all of a sudden, the world's going to go, oh, damn, I better learn a thing or two about blockchain. <laughs> and, right, and right, right. That's going to lead to people adopting Bitcoin more. Why For would sure. one pay higher interest than another? Where is the money coming from? Yeah. Andre. Right. Say again. Where would the money come from? Let's say their stable coin pays 2%, USD pays 1%. Where does that extra difference come from? I'm assuming, and I mean, I guess it depends on their business model, but I'm assuming in the loans, right? 
depending on the loans that they, uh, at what interest rates they're loaning out. And I'm assuming that they're going to have different underwriting models than they do today. So they'll probably have more risk-based underwriting models. So it's like, well, you look like a riskier customer. So uh, we're going to give it to you at a 7% interest rate, which is kind of what BlockFi is doing. Um, you know, that's what they're literally doing. They're, they're kind of giving uncollateralized loans that, to pretty much anybody. And, it, you know, it doesn't take much to qualify for it. And well, they different than USD. And with something like BlockFi, I, I feel like that's just the cost of customer acquisition. It's well, the, sure. The reason that I think crypto generally pays out more is because there is so much more money in that space right now. And because they are competing with the traditional banking system, they have a lot more incentive to pay out a lot more because they're trying to get, you know, lure customers onto their platforms. Is it so? Say again? Is that sustainable? Because it just seems like marketing. Like that's a big no, Oh, for sure. It's it's not like super sustainable, you know, when we're talking 10 years out, which is why I said on BlockFi, I don't think they're going to have 8.6% interest forever. Once they get more customers on board and once, you know, they, they actually become a real player. And that's why Charles Schwab and Citibank, whatever, like they can get away with giving us 0.1% interest rates because everybody else is doing so, doing it too. So who cares? But when you have these fintech startups with these, you know, crazy private equity valuations, they can just print money basically and give it all and pass it all to customers. So at some point we'll hit some inflection point where it's like, all right, cool. Like we can't be taking these kinds of risks once they reach a certain size. And then I'm sure that those interest rates will come down, but they'll still be probably higher. I think uh, Coinbase just announced their Ethereum staking thing where they're going to give seven, seven and a half or seven, some percent on your Ethereum. So that's kind of cool too. Staking is like a whole nother thing where it's like you, this is like proof of stake, not proof of work. So the way that like blockchain works is like you can either secure the network by, you know, the hash rate and all the hash power of all the computers. So that's proof of work, which is very wasteful. That's the critique against it. And then you have the other side of it, which is like uh, proof of stake, which is basically where you're locking up funds in order to be, uh, I forget what the, like the node is the name for it, but it's like a, a beacon or something. And where, where by having a, a certain amount of money locked into it, you now become uh, an entity that verifies transactions with like the amount of money that you have. And I think that you need 32 Ethereum to lock it in. And I don't know like the, the length of time that it's required to lock it in, but whatever it is, they're going to pay you seven point something percent interest, which is super cool. I definitely want to get in on that. I would do that just to try it out. I would definitely try it out. Yeah. It's just like sometimes people comment on my channel. They're like, oh, this has officially become a crypto channel. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. It's just like it's super relevant right now. So I'm, I'm making a lot of these videos because I've been so passionate about crypto for so long. But I've been so terrified about talking about it on my channel just because like before this year, if you mentioned Bitcoin, it was like, oh, we lost another one. Like, oh, it's a scam or whatever. And it's just I'm just like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. But if it's okay for Elon to talk about it, then it's like, all right, it's like becoming normalized. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's staying relevant, I, I, I want to make content about it, but I, I don't want to become a crypto channel either. I just want, you know, while it's relevant. Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, I think one of the reasons, Graham, you can get uh, really this this potential higher rate on an option like that is you you almost eliminate the need for banking. And, and there's no, you know, you're not going through the Federal Reserve to process like a check transfer and the costs, the labor involved to verify stuff is so much lower. 
and, and at least right now, there's so much demand by institutions for like Bitcoin that uh, they almost need to borrow money overnight. It's like, okay, I just, I need a 48 hour loan of, of 2 million Bitcoin or something insane. And I think they're just paying through the nose to service it right now. And that's why we're seeing these crazy rates flow through right now. But I, I agree with, with Andre, I think it's not that's true. Super long even, even transferring money now between the traditional banking systems, insanely expensive and they charge crazy percents. So like there, there are so many upfront costs that are eliminated with all this like digital currencies that are going on right now that it's. You can literally pass it all on to the customer and be like, just you guys keep it. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Some, some people even think that commercial banks could completely disappear. I know that a lot of these these things really go down into that deep direction, though, of like the future of blockchain. Jeremy, I don't think you believe it, though. I think you're the most skeptical out of all of us. Tell us, tell us why. I, I don't know about the most skeptical. I've become a bigger believer, I would say, over the past like three, six months. I've been speaking to a lot of people um, who know a lot more about, you know, cryptos and those sorts of things than me. And um, I can tell you they're all very, very big believers in Ethereum. They all are convinced like Ethereum is going to be able to do like most of the stuff you need, I guess. You know what I mean? And um, all of them believe in Bitcoin as a store of currency. And... I mean, that, that's, I mean, if for me to put some money in MSTR, which is a Bitcoin play, like I have to believe in it to a certain extent, right? So I've begun to get a, hey, can we not make so much noise? I'm sorry, guys. The kids are going wild. Kevin, how do you, how do you not have the kids in the room, man? You have it good. I got to deal with these kids. Two 1,000 pound doors. <laughs> I, need <that. laughs> I need that. They can't open that. them. You're probably not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no. They came on freight. They're like, they're like this big. No way. <laughs> Solid no way. layers. It's like eight layers of different woods to reduce sound. Kids could be screaming out there right now. Yeah, know. you have the most impressive studio setup I've ever seen. You close that door, and it's like, and it's like airtight in there too. So like your ears yeah. have to pop when you go in there. It's incredible. Kevin's got CNN on tap. Like he's just got like a <laughs> broadcast studio. You should. <laughs> Kevin, can you turn around your screen or is that not possible for us to, because to, I don't think people have really seen what it looks, if it's not possible, it's okay. But I mean, it is crazy. If people have like seen a, a spaceship from the front, like with all the knobs and dials and it's incredible. The monitors everywhere. It's a little messy right now. I think I can. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, but I have to use my phone to do it, which is kind of. Oh, it's, it's, the technology. What? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell this is gonna look a little funny because this is plugged into an HDMI. But basically, uh, hold on a sec. There we go. So uh, there's my computer. Uh, I got three, three kind of like switcher thingies right here. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. And then I got the keyboard in front of me. I got an iPad right there, which is where I'm watching you guys. Laptop, cameras, lights, and stuff. Wow. Here. So. I don't know, it's Dude, oh yeah, and the TV is right there, so I can watch TV. So I have pretty much all I need is a toilet under my butt, and, and <laughs> that's insane. That's so cool. <laughs> if, if I turned the camera around, you would you would just see like a plate of tacos and rice. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Wow. yeah. laughs> that's getting cold, Andre. What the heck, man? I <laughs> know uh, Corey made me food, and I was just like, oh, we, we got to talk. We could turn this into a mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of us are explain what that is. I don't know if everybody knows what mukbang is. <laughs> all just eating uh, at the same time. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're, we're trying to get sponsors. We need to keep it clean, guys. So, you know, let's not, <laughs> not, not go anywhere. Video <laughs> sponsor, guys, by the like button. If you're watching this right now and you haven't already hit the like button, just do it. And subscribe. Because hey. I think we're at 6,200 subscribers already. So if you're watching this live, just go and tap that subscribe button. <laughs> it's totally free. And then you can put back in and we're going to get to 10,000 subscribers. If we get to 10K from this, that would be incredible. So tell all of your friends right now. Post it on Instagram. We got to get to 10K. Graham's our hype man. Hey, we're if, we get, if, if we get 100,000 subscribers on this channel by this time next week, I'll buy $100,000 worth of crypto straight up. Whatever okay. one you want to buy. So, all right, all right. It might be huh. possible. This could get pushed against all our channels, and next thing you know, we got to the play button by this time yeah, next that's week. Gonna a, that's going to be a tall ask. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Are we the four horsemen of YouTube or are we the four Power Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just said that in the comments and I was like, what? That's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, what do you, what do you, I want to know this. So I think this is a, an interesting question. What do you all see for the next five years? Do you think, you know, we're, we're going to have this big market pullback coming, real estate stocks that we keep hearing about all the time? Or is this just going to be literally buy as much as you freaking can, keep trickling in? You know, Graham, I think you say you basically try to dollar cost average in every day. Right. I, you're the one who made the video about lump sum investing and you can dump it all in at one time. You, but you don't do it. Uh, you put a little bit in every day, which which I, I get. I think well, better. I would I would I would only argue that I have a big tax bill coming up. And I like keeping money on the side for an opportunity. I, I feel like you never know, at least in, in my position, you never know where there might be this incredible opportunity where I just wish I had had some money sitting on the side. So there's certainly an opportunity cost of that. And I acknowledge that. But every day, I would say I'm doing maybe like between us, probably like, well, it's not between us, between everyone watching, it's usually between like five and 15,000 a day that I'll just yeah. be consistently buying in. And I have fun with it. Every morning I wake up and I just, We'll buy, and I it just gives me something to do every morning. It's not yeah. a bad routine to have. I wake up, make my coffee, and put fifteen grand into the stock market. As you do, <laughs> Grim's like, oh, that's I have to waste ten percent of my AdSense for today on stocks. Oh god! <laughs> you know what's crazy though? Like all of these smart money hedge fund managers. It's it's almost like everywhere I look they're all talking about these bubbles and like all of yeah. these things that it's like these, you know, shadow of clouds over us. And I like, I, I don't know what to believe, honestly. It seems like we've hit this like new stride of meme investing and I, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but it feels like all of this is so irrational. I just don't see it continuing, but just like all the rational yeah, is they, they last longer than you think they do or they would. But I don't know, call me crazy. I just still feel like the effects of the pandemic have not been fully felt yet. And I, I maybe I'm not intelligent enough to like quantify all the things that are responsible for that. But I, I don't know. With, with and there's thing. so much, it's difficult because it's not like a logical thing. And there's right. so much money that's been introduced to the economy and it's going somewhere. And I feel like a lot of the money is going in asset prices. And right now, like if, if you want to make money, it's gotta be in the stock market. It's gotta be in real estate. It's gotta be in Bitcoin. You're not making money anymore on treasuries or saving or anything. So I feel like a lot of that money is pumped into the market. And especially if we have another trillion dollar stimulus package, 
I feel like that again is going to be a bullish stock that, that could boost the stock market another 10, 15 percent. Oh, I don't I don't doubt that the prices of all assets are going to continue to go up for for years and years. It's just like as far as the fundamentals of what's going on in the economy, I, I really don't think we're through the whole pandemic. Like I think the worst is I think the 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 wave or like the ocean is left, you know, and there's like a tidal wave coming. And like, there's no water, it's just sand. And everyone's like, this is great. This is a very sunny day. And I'm just like, I don't know. Something's wow. on the way. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's gonna trigger it. I don't know what's gonna happen, but it seems like this whole job situation, like a lot of people with, with all of this tech displacement, all these automation of jobs in combination with the pandemic and how many people lost their jobs. I don't know, like in the future, the whole, I don't know, job situation and Although Kevin's the real estate guy, I don't know, but real estate, I, I don't see yeah. that whole thing. Consciously, consciously optimistic. I think that that's I am consciously optimistic. Yeah, that's exactly right. Consciously optimistic. So yeah, like I'm not saying sit out of the market and just like leave and wait because you're going to get left behind. But I, I, I think that the worst is still ahead. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to be a dooms like gloom, whatever predictor, but I'm, I don't think we're through yet. In order to get the the real estate market to crash and like stocks, you need a huge and the jobs market obviously is what controls almost everything, right? Specifically with the middle class, um, you really need like a huge contraction in the capital markets because that's really what triggered the massive recession in, in 08, 09. Um, you know, capital just froze, and then if capital freezes, everything's going to drop. Stocks, real estate, jobs are going to be lost, which is going to cause a domino effect the wrong way, right? Um, and so the question is, how and why would the capital market freeze up? Is there anything lurking out there that would cause it to freeze up? And then if there is, who's to say the Fed's not just going to step in and say, we're going to throw whatever amount of money at this. And that's what I try to think, because I agree, like, you know, a lot of this doesn't make sense. But then it's like, well, if the capital just keeps flowing, businesses can keep expanding and those sorts of things. I have another theory that I, I don't want to put like my tinfoil hat on here, but uh, what you're saying I think is absolutely true. So I, here's what I think is going to happen. If I could really just make a stupid prediction that is probably not true, but hear me out. So what I think is happening right now is like, you're right with the Fed and everyone printing money. Right now, we have never been in this scenario before where the current financial system that we have right now has an alternative. And that alternative is all these decentralized crypto assets and all these technologies that did not exist in 2008. And now that we have, you know, like Congress and like all of these people that are running our country, they are old. They are ready to retire, if not already retired. They are also in a position of power to continue this game of musical chairs for as long as humanly possible, because it's in their best interest not to retire in a burnt down economy. So I feel like we will never see a crash because of those circumstances. They'll continue to just push it back and push it back for as long as possible because if they ever were to let things just fall and just face reality, then guess what? When the system is rebuilt, you will have an alternative. And the people that are at the top right now are not going to be at the top in this new world because we have a new financial system that is being built right now that is not, you know, it's, it's not what we're using right now. We're using the traditional banking system. But now that we have all these decentralized currencies, we're going to get Coinbase or Gemini or whatever these, all their other entities, other businesses that, that are going to be replacing the current systems that we have today. So it's almost like 
I feel like they're, they're not going to let go of that power because they know that now we, we, we exist in a world that where there's an alternative. I feel so like that's my, my crazy theory. I don't know if that's true. That's just my, my like hunch. It could be fairly simple. We could start to see some inflation. They start ticking up interest rates a little bit to bring that down. That causes stocks to go down. Real estate gets more expensive. People stop buying. People lower prices to entice buyers to buy something. And as inflation maybe starts going up, interest rates continue going up, and maybe that just puts a damper on things. Yeah, they'll continue experimenting with things like, oh, can we push the interest rates, whatever. But like, I, I just think that we may live now in a world where we will never see another crash, at least not anytime soon, because it's against the powers that be. It's totally against their interest right now. Why are you all in that? Why am I not all in? Yeah, if that's the case. Because I don't think I'm intelligent enough to know this for sure. This is just a hunch, which is weird because I'm I'm so right on my hunches like my whole life. Not not about finances or anything, but like I, I I'm like every time I'm like ah oh, you should just trust yourself more, dude. And like I I'm just always scared to, and I don't act on my hunches. But that's my hunch is like we're just not going to see a crash. It's going to continue to get pushed back, pumped more more money into the system. Uh, like, why would you want it to crash? Like, that would be terrible for the country. These people, these Congress people are going to retire in a beaten down economy. They're, they're going to have a horrible retirement. Like, why would they want to do that? They would never want to do that. Hey, and and so, now there's alternatives? Like, come on. Since we're on conspiracy theories, here's another conspiracy theory, okay? I don't have a conspiracy theory. I, I oh, think no, it's... Okay. Oh, oh. Wait, yeah, just like a theory. Let's just call it that, okay? So Yeah. Here's another thing, okay? This is stuff I would never talk about on my channel. But anyways. Oh. Uh, so obviously, you know, a lot of people out of work in this whole pandemic, right? Really ugly situation. You saw the stock market starting to collapse. So if, if you know, there's a lot of people out there that truly believe the markets are rigged in like the government or whoever's really controlling the market, right? So if you're in that mindset, it would make sense to have the market still be really strong while all this is going on because you don't want complete disorder. And I mean, we saw what happened in the United States over the past year in terms of there was more disorder and craziness happening than ever before. If you had on top of that, the market continuing to crash, real estate prices dropping through the floor. I mean, imagine what would have happened in this country. Um, if that was a scenario as well, right? And imagine if we were sitting at 30% or 40% unemployment right now. I mean, imagine what would be happening in this country. So it almost makes sense to kind of prop up things. Then when the actual underlying economy comes back strong, the market could actually start dropping into that. And it's kind of like the opposite. It's like, okay, the economy gets stronger. You think the market's going to keep going up, right? And then all of a sudden the market is dropping even though the economy coming back kind of like you would have figured like real estate prices would be down huge right now and the stock market would be down. So just a little different theory out there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. little bit of a one, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's different. I think it's complementary to what I'm saying. I, I think that that's what will inevitably happen at some point. I don't know if that's two years from now, if that's five years from now, I don't know, but I do think the stock market will be one of the first things to go just when we think everything's coming back everything's great stock market's gonna roar everyone's doing great and then just when you least expect it because that's how it always goes down every single time just when you think everything is gonna go this way it's like murphy's law it goes the exact opposite of what you think is gonna happen that's why i always keep it up on the sidelines that just in case something happens you're gonna be okay you diversify you get a little real estate 
get a little stocks, get some crypto, get cash. Then no matter what happens, you're gonna have a little on the sidelines to buy in. And uh, as, as long as too, you have a stable income throughout the entire time, I think that's gonna be the most important. Yeah, what I think cash that's, positions yeah. are you guys in? Like, I feel like cash, cash and margin positions. I, I feel like that almost kind of dictates your belief in terms of how soon the market might have an oopsies or how protected you're being. I've always held on to too much cash, though. That's been my problem because historically, it's always been real estate for me. So I save up, mm -hmm. wait for a deal, throw it all at a deal, and then save up again. But mm -hmm. when I didn't yep. really buy anything and the place in Vegas, I got such a low down payment. I, was, I had a whole bunch of cash left over. Um, probably I'm holding too much cash, but buying in consistently in the stock market and a big chunk of that's going to go to taxes in April. Okay. I'm at uh, I'm at like 22% or 24% cash right now. So just like 54 million or so just in cash. Um, <laughs> but you're having anything. margin. <laughs> say, say what, Graham? But you have 80% margin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 8,000% margin, actually. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Andre? No, I was just laughing because you're like, yeah, 2%, so 54 million cash. I'm like, oh, so basically Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no dude i i had when when graham and i did our podcast together i think i had a million one or one two in my in my bank accounts wow. and uh after that point i got as high as like one seven cash uh, a couple months ago and so uh a lot of that <laughs> it, it went somewhere which i'll reveal soon in my youtube videos and then the the other half of that is going to be paid towards taxes. So after all is said and done, I'll probably have anywhere between half a million to a million, half a million to eight hundred thousand to a million, maybe in cash. But I mean, I, like this year for me has been crazy, so that's why I'm not sure. Like these mm -hmm. first few months, of, I, I like I honestly thought this year I, I was like, there's no way I will make more than a million dollars like I did last year because the pandemic happened. You guys, uh, you guys know, like all these everybody's just watching our channels and I'm like, that was such a perfect storm. Like this is not going to happen again. And for whatever reason, this year has been like triple what it was for me last year. And it's like insane. I, I didn't think this would happen. So for all I know, I could again, end up in the same cash position where I have too much cash. And, but I'm also like a super conservative guy. So uh, yeah, I, I'm still dollar cost averaging, but yeah. And none of you are on margin, right? I know, Jeremy, sometimes you use it, but you don't have any outstanding, huh? Um, I think I bought something very recently, so I technically do have a little outstanding, but it's not that much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe my investing style just sort of aligns kind of uh, to throw my comment in there on the, the future of the market, kind of aligns with my vision of what I think is coming in the future. Uh, I, I personally think we're, we're sitting at, low to no inflation we're gonna have these spikes of inflation uh you know next few months uh when the economy opens up again but uh, you know graham you were talking about inflation might be the big catalyst for seeing rates move up and then a correction i think maybe we'll see like a 2018 again in like 2024 which is where okay now now we're going from two percent to two and a half percent and then the stock market has a hissy fit and gets pissed off and then they're like oh okay sorry sorry you know it, it, between really now and 2024 i don't know i just 
I just don't see a catalyst for, you know, we'll have little, little pullbacks, you know, 10, 15% here or there, little corrections, maybe 20%. You know, maybe do we see a 25, 30% after rates start going up in 2024, 25, something like that. It gets obviously blurrier after that, but just if for the next three, four years, I don't know that I see anything drastic. And so uh, out, out of all of us, you know, I'm, I'm at 20% margin and I've, I've pretty much just, I, I don't keep cash. Uh, I, I just, every time I get a dollar, it goes right into the market. I mean, the taxes I owe, that's just going to add to my margin. Uh, so, and I don't know. I think that just sort of aligns with. How with are you viewing. paying your taxes with margin? Are you just, cause you're not able to write that off. Correct. If you pay your taxes on margin. Well, I mean, I would write off the, uh, the interest I can. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think you're able to, I could be wrong here, but I don't think you're able to write off interest on margin if you're not using it towards investing. Uh, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, they did change rules on, on like, for example, with like home equity lines of credit, you can't write off interest uh, yeah. uh, anymore unless it's like for investing. Look into it. You're right about that. I'm like 90% sure that you can't use margin to pay off taxes, but if you can, that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. Schwab gave me, I think it was like 1.8% uh, secured a pledged asset line. at 1.8%. That's that's a no brainer. It's it's free sure. well, and, and that's, I mean, there's I don't think there's a question of whether you can use margin to pay it. I think it's whether that right interest off. is a tax write off. Yeah, right. and I don't care because you're right. It's such a low interest rate. It it doesn't even matter. And, and honestly, even and and maybe I'm too aggressive, but. Uh, it, uh, some of the the recent purchases that I have, uh, so there's some construction loans on them, and you know I, I'm paying like seven percent on some properties. I don't care wow. because I'm I'm that money's just going into the stock market. Right. How much do you have invested so far? Did you say, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. Do we want to go into that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that geez? That's when you know rich people problems. Like, oh God. It's How the, long it, do you have? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I look at Kevin and I am just in awe. Like that yeah. day when we were up like 700 grand, I'm sitting there and I'm like, That's what a crazy. What yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, like I, I'm 5.2 in margin right now. I just paid off 600K because I sold some stocks. I think the portfolio is like 23.7 or something like that on, on stocks wow. and, and crypto. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I still get nervous because, you know, I've got, you know, uh, a chunk in options. And, and if we get some short term volatility, uh, you know, it, I don't I just don't want to get margin calls. That's the only thing I don't want. You know? But otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just all in on this market. Like I'd rather be all in early th than later has, has just been sort of my theory. How much sure. cash do you have like in your account right now, like all of your account, how much cash is there? No, not much. I'll, I'll look right now. Well, um, technically none, because you said you're 20% margin, right? Well, I do have some cash just because I got to pay bills and, you know, oh. money comes comes out and stuff like that. I don't know mm -hmm. how, I don't know how you like do that and sleep and like be totally, I would be so nervous with like, with a family, with not a lot of cash, like just in case something happens, like, yeah. oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, well, here, um, so like, okay, so actually... I just pulled 200k on on a line, and uh, so that's part of this. But I think if I just do that, I thought you were gonna say I just pulled 200k profit after hours, guys. I was like, <laughs> yeah, while we were talking, I just uh, pulled 200k over there. 
no, like I don't think this shows anything personal, but uh, yeah, this right now is my JP Morgan, and it's so I, I actually have four hundred in cash right now. But I mean, like, I'll, I'll just I'll just drop that down to the line, you know, at, at some point here. And then, I think you almost did a million points. Uh, oh. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't even pay attention to the Just yeah, no, no traveling, dude. There's no this traveling. entire year, I've been trying to get to a million points, and I've gotten close to it. I'm at like seven something, and I want to get a million so I can make a video on like a million points. You're almost there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for the video idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a fun subject. Is there um, anything any of you guys are buying in the next six months that's kind of like a more extravagant expense that you uh, haven't directed towards me? Yeah, let's start with you, Kevin. Ask, we'll work our way around. May as well just ask me directly. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I'm looking at a, a Ford GT. It's a perfect investment. It's going to hold its value. And I think between the two, between holding cash in a bank account and between a Ford GT, I think the Ford GT is going to be a better use of capital over the next few years. And I can enjoy it. It'll look really great in the background. It looks cool. I could just stare at it all day. Uh, and that's good. I remember that when I was like 16 years old, that was like my, it was a Lotus Elise. And that, that for me was like the realistic sort of like dream car. Like the Lotus Elises were like 30 grand. So for me, I'm like, I would be able to make that happen. The Ford GT though, when you're 16, that was like my unbelievable dream car like the sort of car that you put on your phone background and like that th like one day you could dream about that so uh i want to make that happen so and i think it's it's a good store of value so i'm not going to lose any money on it uh because otherwise i wouldn't be doing it if if, if it was going to cost anything it would be a no but that that's the only thing i don't know when it's going to happen but i'm getting somewhat serious about it Hey, when, uh, question before I get to the rest of you guys, as far as that question goes, um, you know, when, when, when Enzo turns of age to go to prom, if we're still neighbors, uh, you mind if he uses it? <laughs> Believe it or not. Okay. So one, one other thing I want to add on this, I was shopping around for car insurance and two car insurance companies refused to cover me. I didn't realize this, but because I don't have any experience operating a high performance vehicle, they refuse to cover me. It doesn't matter that that there's that, that the car is owned outright. It doesn't matter that I've never knock on wood had an accident, no tickets, clean drive, nothing. They refuse wow. to cover you because they want one year of experience driving a car like that. And apparently, I didn't know this. What most people do with cars like this is you work your way up with the insurance companies. Like you start off with like a fifty thousand dollar car, you get a hundred thousand dollar car, one hundred and fifty, and then by the time you get a Ford GT, you've already had the experience of driving it. Same with uh, exotic car loans. I didn't realize this either. But beyond a certain point for loans, they want you to have experience borrowing higher amounts on specific cars. Interesting. The more you know, I did not know that until I started calling around insurance companies. But thankfully, I found two that would insure me. And uh, one of them was a pretty good deal. It was like 1500 bucks for the year, but I'm limited to 1000 miles. Which I'm never going to drive the car anyway. It's it's you're supposed to just look at it. That's not bad. Fifteen hundred for the year. That's great. Yeah. So so can he like borrow it? Wow. <laughs> that was Jeremy. If you want to buy the car, I'll buy it. Okay, thanks, man. I appreciate that. By all means. 
So what about you, Andre and Kevin? You guys got any big expenses in the next six months? Something extravagant, out of the ordinary? I just had one, so probably not one again unless I – God, I don't even know how to talk about it without revealing what it is. So I'm just not going to mm. say anything. But, yeah, I had one. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I did have one recently. Okay. And then I, the only like splurge I would really want in the next like year or two is just to buy a Tesla. But I don't know which one yet. I don't know if like Corey and I want the Model Y because I think it's the most practical and the most like bang for your buck. But I also like the. I honestly put a down uh, a deposit on the Cybertruck. It's <laughs> hey. only a hundred bucks. Like whatever, I could back out anytime. But I think the car that I would really want to get is the is the uh, Roadster. That would be Ooh. like my. You could put I a down payment on that Roadster too. What's up? So you put a down payment on the Roadster too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I should if I should lease it or if I should buy it or I mean if I lease it I could just write it off or a part of it. Uh no, you would be able to buy it and write it off too. You just appreciate the car. Right. If, if this video hits two thousand thumbs up, Andre buys a roadster. <laughs> crazy what I've been watching the subscriber count for some reason we dropped 1500 subscribers instantly it went up to like 6700 subscribers and then dropped back down to like 52 it was weird huh I don't know what happened it might have been a glitch or maybe YouTube was flagging like too many people were subscribing all at once so it thought that like maybe it was a bot or something I don't know but if, you, if you're watching this and you're not already subscribed you may as well subscribe it's a good idea yeah. yeah kevin we want to hear your, your what are you splurging on you bought that roadster recently i did yeah yeah so i got that that was like 70k uh, which is a lot for for a car just because i just, just usually don't put money into into cars um sorry graham but uh yeah i i think probably the next big thing for us is we got to get people to stop showing up at our house. So we really need to like <clears throat> buy uh, like a large Vegas. property somewhere. I I'd love that. Uh, Texas, oh, you know, Vegas. Get a large property in Vegas, though. I know. No, and, and like even if out here, if we have to, to get what we want, we would even consider buying like a couple properties together next to each other. And then, then just put like Lauren's parents in one and then take the fence down between and have a really big yard. Or buy the house next to that and put my parents over there and, and just have this like collage of homes. But otherwise, I just don't spend money. I, like, I mean, I'll, I'll buy the equipment for this this area here, but... That's it. The rest, it's just like, I get excited about buying stocks. It's, it's like, a, it's toxic. I keep telling people like, I got to go on a stock diet because my margin's getting too high. But then, you know, the next morning I'm like, oh, I'll put 30 into this. <laughs> Kevin, do you know the number um, or have a ballpark number in your head on if you had lived in Vegas this year with no state income tax versus California, how much extra money that would have been in your pocket? Oh, I mean, oh, they, awesome. over it a million. Shock me if it hit a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's over a million. I imagine. Tax-free too. Tax-free, a million tax-free. That's like two million bucks. That's two million worth of income. And, and with your margin, Kevin, that's really like four million. You could have more in stocks right now. Wow. Let's just keep rubbing it in in like ten different ways. How much money he could save? Wow. And if you make an extra twenty percent on that. <laughs> yeah, think about the opportunity cost. Wow. Like, Kevin, do you not care about money? Is that what it is? You don't care about it? 
<laughs> Why do you hate uh, money, Kevin? <laughs> I, I look. If it were just me, I'd I'd move in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's uh, right. you know, Lauren really loves it here. She grew up out here. The the weather's perfect for her. Uh, for for you know what her desires are. She's out there with the kids all the time. So I'm 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 yeah. in here. I'm in a studio that's 66 degrees all day long, <laughs> every day. It's the same thing. Yeah, I got my air purifier. I got three air conditioners in here you know it doesn't matter where i am but uh she doesn't care about that she's like i don't i, I don't get that <laughs> you know? speaking it's of which you know what uh i just uh jack was telling me this earlier what's up jack i know you're watching this logan paul is moving to puerto rico yeah smart smart of course. Getting yeah. great content over there and what 4.6 percent tax rate or something so yeah. here i am in 55 doesn't it get down to like two percent in some cases if you have like employees there? I think it's like in a two percent range. It's crazy. That's no, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually contemplating on doing that last year, and I was like, Nah, I don't want to do that. It's like such a big lifestyle change. That is a big move. Uh, yeah. L.A. to Vegas was an easy transition, but sure. yeah, Puerto Rico. That that's a big one. Let's all go to Puerto Rico at the same time. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We'll all move there. <laughs> if, all, if, if everyone moves to Puerto Rico, I'll move to Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask you this. What do, what do y'all think? Uh, let's see. It's Wednesday. Okay, so two days left here in the week. Any any big investments? Like if you had to make, if you had to place $100,000 tomorrow, how would you do it? It, it any way you want? Because earlier we did, uh, you know, favorite stock if you could only pick one. Hmm. How would you get 100K tomorrow if you're like, you got to invest it or, or it's gone? And, or, and let's yeah. say you have no money. Like you literally have zero portfolio, but here's 100K. You got to invest it tomorrow. I have an idea for me. You guys have one? All right, I'll, I'll just start. So, so this, I don't know if this is super helpful, but um, I, for BlockFi, so if you guys are familiar with BlockFi, the mm -hmm. digital currency savings account, they actually offered me uh, like private equity or uh, to be a private equity investor with them. So it kind of like sparked an idea where you have these crypto companies, which is actually what my video is going to be on Friday about like the best blockchain stocks, because it seems like while we don't know the future of crypto, we don't know which of these coins are going to be like the biggest ones. It seems like at least going with either blockchain stocks or these brokerages like a Coinbase or a Gemini, it's almost like a proxy for what we don't have, which is a crypto ETF. So it's like almost at that point, it doesn't even matter which crypto you buy. If you invest in a big brokerage like a Coinbase or a Gemini, it doesn't even matter at that point. So I wish I could say like if we had a Coinbase IPO, that's probably where I'd put it, like a crypto broker. Something like that. I think those companies are going to go gangbusters when they IPO. I got to know, though. I mean, aren't you nervous that you're over-concentrating? I mean, you got big investments yeah. in crypto right now. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting, man. Every time I've met really successful, wealthy people, um, and, and you guys are all of those people, it, it seems like the majority of the wealth is concentrated in like one or two choices and decisions. And it's almost always overweight in some asset or they had some big conviction in that one thing. They took a big risk and it paid off. And it seems like that's true with like you guys with Tesla and, you know, confirmation bias, 
I, I bet that? there are a lot of people. A bit of a confirmation bias, though, because those are the people that you see where it's worked out really well for them. But I'm sure there's also a lot of people, too, who tried it, didn't do so well, but you never hear from those people. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the successful people that I've met, that's that's what I'm talking about, is like it's almost like all of their success has almost been hinged upon one or two really strong convictions. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I would probably go with something in the crypto space like a like a Coinbase or something. Are you going to so, do it? I probably will, yeah. I probably put at least 100 grand into Coinbase when it IPOs. And what about the other one? How much would you put into that? Which one, BlockFi? I didn't put any money into it. I'm still debating if that's something I want to do because I've never done private equity. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You got Graham has experience with this, so I'd like to know his thoughts about that. I've enjoyed it. It's so much fun. I really like it. I really like being a part of the companies and it's something I want to do a lot more of. And Kevin and I actually listened in on one the other day and it's just interesting. It's fun. You get to feel like a, uh, like a, like a shark tank. It's like, Ooh, you got the money and they, you, you want to figure out like where to put it and invest it. And it's, it's just as much, I think about the person as it is the business. Like sometimes yeah. you really like the person and it's so true. So right. I of that. yeah, there we go. So, yeah, it's it's kind of true. It, it's like this conviction that you have, and you're like, I know that, like, I there's, there's one thing I know, it's this, and you just. I think Kevin's felt that with Tesla. Yeah, it, it was a huge catalyst. Um, so I don't By know what about way, you guys. On, on yeah. uh, uh, I mean to change the subject, but on uh, Clubhouse, I think it was last night or the night before I was on there. <laughs> I'm spending my life on Clubhouse now, dude, but you're yeah. like there until three a.m. <laughs> they, dude, yeah, they had the uh, they had Coinbase CEO on. And no he, way. Yeah, more people ended up they dude, he filled up the room. They expanded the room to six thousand people, which was the biggest number in Clubhouse history. And then there wow. were overflow rooms. And um he had more people listening to him talk than actually Elon Musk did when Elon Musk went on Coinbase. It's the biggest um so far, it's the wow. biggest um, yeah, most epic room they've had in Clubhouse yet. And I, so I was enjoying were you were in that was, one? Yeah. And it was good. It was a lot of like good business information about it and like how they've had to get through regulation and like, oh my gosh, just so much. And like, you know, the, he was talking about the type of stuff he had to go through in terms of like when they were coming out and like having to try to play good sides with like politicians and like the state and governments and things like that. But then having like the people that are on the crypto side that are like believed like you're like the devil, you're centralized, you're not decentralized and like trying to like play it on both sides. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy, but no, I'm a bad guy, you know? And it's just like, it was, it was, it was really good, man. But anyways, I didn't mean to change the subject. So what's Jeremy's splurge. That's cool. <laughs> oh, Oh shoot, man. I thought I was getting out of that. No, uh, it, it, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. No, I'm just kidding. There's just the model S plaid. That's the next one. I'm oh, you to got that one. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's supposed to get it within the next couple of weeks. So you're definitely going to get a Roadster too, probably, right? Yeah, but I don't. I don't even know if they're going to come out with the Roadster because yeah. the thing is, this S is so dang fast. I understand like the Roadster is a two seater potential convertible, but I'm like, this S is going to be zero to sixty in under two seconds. So right. I'm like. It's it's faster than pretty much any car out there. So I'm like, that's you know. But yeah, anyways, that's my big splurge. I'm looking super forward to it. That's fair. Wow. Wow. Uh, in, investing that that hundred k. Investing the hundred k uh, WBA 
or Dropbox's report earnings tomorrow if Dropbox drops on earnings after the bell, uh, 100K to Dropbox. Oh, wow. So if you concentrated, wow. Okay. Uh, Graham? So, so Jeremy's kind of a yeah. good example of that. Yeah. Though, right? yeah, go ahead, Graham, sorry. I don't know, what's the, what's the time frame of this? <laughs> what? Buy, buy and hold. Buy and hold? 100K, I don't, it'd probably still be Google. You know, if I'm supposed to pick one investment, oh, no, you, you could divert if you were to diversify, that'd be an option too. Uh, God, I I probably put like five grand in Fisker. I remember I remember that company back like 2011. I thought it was such a cool car. I looked at that in the Model S, and I'm like, Fisker's gonna win. But just <laughs> Tesla was just a better technology. It was just a better car, and Fisker's caught on fire. But I loved the way Fisker looked, and I'm happy to see them come back. So I'd probably take a bit of a gamble on them. I was a huge fan of them too. Um, the front of the car looks like a mustache though to me, so I can't get over that. I liked it, the cool little like this. I don't know, it was like a, a sir mustache. I, was like, I can't unsee that. I, it. I like it, I thought it was cool looking and just the whole hood goes like down. And then you have the center console that runs through the, the middle of the car. I just thought it was neat. Hey, do you <laughs> You guys think uh, these other car manufacturers do they really have a chance to compete against Tesla? I mean, kind of Fisker, like, not, so not on the tech. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They could. They will try. Uh, I think Apple has a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird weird new world here going forward. Cryptocurrency. Robin Hood, like you mentioned, uh, Andre, the meme culture. I don't know. Is there, is there anything, any last things that we want to touch on? Yeah, your hundred grand investment. Which one did you say you were going to buy? Oh, right. <laughs> you know, I uh, if I was, I think it would depend how how new I am. Like, if I were a brand new investor, I would probably just pick like four different index funds or, or ETFs and put it in there uh, because new investors I think can get spooked really quickly. And then they're like, Oh my God, my hundred grand went down to 97. Uh, like it takes me so long to earn that money. Uh, I'm out. And, and then they sell right uh, with the fluctuations become much more painful. The newer you are, or they are much more painful the newer that you are uh, me today, a hundred cat, I'd probably throw it into like, just like my top six or seven stocks, something like that. You know, it'd be like the Tesla, Etsy, the EXPI, you know, the, the CCAV, just kind of spread them out right? to my five to eight high conviction stocks. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. We should probably also make the announcement that from now on, when are we doing this? Every Tuesday? Tuesdays, so, yeah. 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time until around 7. seven. Yeah. An hour, give or take every Tuesday. So Actually, we ought to make this interactive too at some point. So maybe we should open it up for questions or maybe at some point that's something we should integrate too. That'd yeah, be fun. I think we should about to uh, get dinner shortly. So yeah, especially, especially um, if we don't have like that many subjects to go off of, like, you know, there's going to be certain weeks when we'll probably have like, you know, <laughs> a list of stuff to discuss, like big stuff going on. And other times it's not going to be that much. Those times we could just do a lot of q and A. I'm figuring. So yeah okay well that sounds awesome oh we should do clubhouse too we should we should uh stream this oh. to clubhouse that's what we should have done we totally didn't yeah do that. forgot about that oh yeah. where we just put us into a room yeah. basically yep mm -hmm. but, but, and then i suppose 
we could pull somebody up on stage and uh yep. and, and stream That's the, the audio yeah. to this as well yep that'd be cool i could do that let's do that let's do that i like it next time cool. we'll we'll do it Kevin's like, i'll press this button and done <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah, I actually have it up right now. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Okay, guys. Well, I, I think this was fun. This was a really cool number one. I think uh, this is a good good spot to, to wrap it up on. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Of course, subscribe and share. You guys want to intro or, or, or do a little exit? Oh, I, we should probably say I meet Kevin on YouTube and, and in the event uh, that you don't know who I am. The link is in the description. And of course, on to you. I'm, I'm, I'm Andre Jick, and uh, yeah, my link's down <laughs> in the description. I do magic and cool stuff. Like, just come and watch my videos. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, make sure you subscribe. Yeah. If, if you're watching this, before you leave, because otherwise what's going to happen, you're going to forget. You're going to forget <laughs> that we're streaming on Tuesdays, and it's going to pass by you, and then it's going to be Wednesday, and you will have forgotten about it. So make sure to subscribe. Hit the notification hit the bell button. button. Yep. What's up? Hit the bell button. Yeah, hit the notification bell so YouTube notifies you anytime uh, we, we go live. And uh, I'm Graham, Vegas Andre. No, the guy below me is LA Andre. LA Andre. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm Vegas Andre. <laughs> Thanks for having us, you guys. That was super fun. We'll see you next week on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Boom. All right, guys. I'll see you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.